Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello and welcome. We have reached our adulthood. Yes, yes. As we are 18th, our 18th podcast. In the words of the immortal Alice Cooper, 18, and I know what I like. Anyway, that's us. 18 podcasts and time fly. Yes, episode 18 of the Hairy Bikers Agony Uncles. I'm your Uncle Dave. And guess what? Unsurprisingly, I'm your Uncle Si. And we're here to help guide you through, well, life's mishaps, troubles. And uh, and then not only can you listen to the podcast, uh, you can now see our ugly mushes on YouTube. So um, we're making an effort. Oh, your hair looks nice, Simon. Does it? Yeah, and you meant oh. to say so does yours, and I'm going yeah. bollocks. Yeah, well, I, that's why I didn't say it, dude. That's why. It's all um, right. I've known you for many years. I know, you know. Why would oh. I say I'm, I'm good? Oh, my beard's gone thin. I tell you what, people are rubbing my belly and making three wishes now. <laughs> yeah, you might get you might get to do panto again at this 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 winter. You know what I mean? The king and I. Yeah, that's, that's us. It's us, isn't it? It's the king and I. It's, it. yeah. it's a match made in heaven. You're cleverer than you thought, aren't you? Yeah, well, that was oh, completely brilliant. by mistake, not designed. <laughs> no, you're looking bonny, me wee lad. Bonny. Aye, so, so, so are you. So are you, mate. Aye, oh, this aye. Bonny. Go on. Yes, the Agony Uncles is now on YouTube. God help so you. So you can watch the show as well as listen to the, listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. To find it, just go to YouTube and search for the Hairy Bikers Agony Uncles. No shit, Sherlock. <laughs> just go to We're on YouTube. Where do you go? Twitter. No, it's YouTube, innit? It's got to be. Oh, yeah, no. So now remember, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, uh, go to the email address, which is agonyuncles at thehairybikers.co.uk. That's agonyuncles at thehairybikers.co.uk. Because if you don't, we don't have a programme. Thank you. And thanks so much for all the emails. It's great to hear from you. And I'd like to say hello to Sheena and Karen. Hi, Sheena and Karen. Now... They wrote in to say that they made our Cumberland sausage tray bake. Steady. It's a manly sausage, the Cumberland sausage, I must say. Uh, from our comfort food show, they reckon it's the tastiest tray bake that they've ever had. It is. It's but they asked why the Cumberland sausages we were cut down. Could they use bigger ones? Darling, you can always use a bigger one if you fancy it. And that's the beauty of a Cumberland. You can have it cut whatever length you want. But we would just, you know... We're manageable, you know, one size fits all with us. So, honestly, we just cut them down because it's nice chunky bits. I mean, because, like, it doesn't work if you have it, keep it in a ring, does it? You know what I mean? That's the oh, whole I don't know, Cumberland ring. Well, and I mean, I know it does, but for this particular recipe, the reason that we're cutting it into bits is so you've got, like, an it's even distribution bake, of yeah. said sausage over the said dish, you see. So thank you for pointing that out. Yeah, no, I agree, King. I think the technology of the tray bake, it suits a chopped-up banger. It does. Because it does you do. want to just dive in around a table. And also on that subject of the comfort food series, uh, Jay, Jay Collins uh, asked, uh, which of your kitchens were filmed in the series? Um, it was the corner of a studio, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was. It was a mock-up. Look, if, we had a, 
Yeah, I was cosy. And if we had a picture, a kitchen like that, it would mean that we had money and we don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, posing the problems today, here he is, that tinsel tonsil, the thin white duke, Mr. Jeeves. So. Tinsel tonsil, I like that. Thank you. Yeah, yes, yes, hello. It's nice to see uh, see everyone on the uh, on the podcast. Actually, see us. Yes, as you say on YouTube, it's quite. Uh, I've, I've I've had a haircut and I've had a shower this morning, so that I look better on YouTube. Great. It doesn't really? make a slightest bit of difference, does it? No, it doesn't at all. <laughs> no. This is Mr. Jeeves, who's now living in a sauna in yes. south of Oslo. <laughs> I, there was a couple of comments on uh, on it, actually, that said, uh, is, a, is that studio in a caravan? And it's like, no, it's not in a caravan, it's in a narrowboat. So there you are. It's a narrowboat, not nice. a caravan, or a sauna. Oh. Uh, though it was hot the other day. Uh, although, yeah, well, it would be. It's an aeroport in the sun, isn't it? Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And listen, uh, uh, listen, last, but by absolutely no means least... She's back. The princess that is of the poshness, the queen of your questions. It's Posh Tash. Yay! Actually, I was going to say to Mark, I wonder if you've had my problem. So I'm aware YouTube got to look a bit better. I've put my red glasses on now. I've got my red lipstick on. However, I have been bitten alive the last few days in this weather. And I'm sure, Mark, you've got that problem on the narrowboat. Yeah. I have got bites in places I didn't know I could get bites. I sort of got them right behind my ear, yeah. one on my chin, you know, one on the crack on your bottom a bit between yeah. your thigh. Yeah. And I can't scratch them. So I'm I'm a little fidgety, if I'm honest, today, because I've got so many bites. <laughs> oh, man, you get so many bites. Simon, it's problem time. Jingle those bells, babe. Jingling. Hello, hairy bikers. Here is my request. I have got a problem that I must get off my chest Won't you listen to my story like a hairy jackanory Cause I heard your advice is the best In this episode of the Hairy Bikers Agony Uncles Uncle Si, Uncle Dave and Posh Tash You're going to need to dig deep into your darkest dilemma dungeons To help our listeners with these troubles We have a fishy issue We have what to do with the falsies we have the same old story, and we have a date with the Sticky Twins. But first of all, it's a fishy <laughs> issue. That's Confidential Corner, by the way, Sticky Twins. A fishy issue. Here we go. Dear Uncle Si and Uncle Dave, this comes from Jason. I have a seafood question for you. When I split a lobster and clean it out, what, in both your opinions, is the best thing to do with it? I'm a bit disappointed just eating the flesh cold. Can I bake it or fry it or do something else to bring out the best of it? Any advice would be welcome, says Jason, with a fishy issue. Over to you. Where do we start? King, go on. You keep this one off. You are Captain Crustacean. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, it depends what you want to do with it, Mocker. If, uh, if, uh, if you're um, uh, splitting said lobster in half uncooked, that's one thing because you can you can do what the flipping hell you like with it. I mean, yeah, yeah. lobster Newberg, lobster Thermidor, classic recipes. All of that you can just put lo um, some beautiful garlic and um, garlic butter with uh, some fresh uh, dill through it. You know, mm. or, 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 or what goes really really nicely is tarragon. That's really lovely with some lemon juice and uh, there's so many things you can do with it. Um, but what I'm quite keen to know is what bits you're throwing out because there's nothing that you really can't eat on a lobster particularly other than the, that bit of a sack thing that you've just got to lift out of the head. So be careful when you're cutting them out. But And the shell. 
And she, well, obviously, the, the shell's shell. useful, though. Yeah, it is useful yeah. because what do we do with the shell, Uncle Dave? We make a seafood stock. See, one of the things with a lobster that I love doing is, is to make it like one lobster will go around quite a few people. Sometimes I think it's, there's something so indulgent about having, like Sai said, just a lobster that's been halved, grilled or whatever with some some lemon butter or garlic butter and just eating it because it is special. Um, but on the other hand, if you just blanch it, get the meat out so it's basically part cooked. Um and then you can rake all the meat out, maybe serve it with pasta or risotto, but then the shells, just boil that down and, and you can make a lovely sort of stock to make that said risotto or a sauce for your pasta, for your lobster. Or one of the things that we found out, and it was, it was at the time when one of the supermarkets selling, you know, at Christmas, like five quid lobster tails. They're, they're, they're okay, they're not the best, but make incredible lobster mousse out of them. Um, and that does go a long way, and it just, it's quite exotic for about a tenner. Um, but you, you, you get some great lobsters near where you live, Kingy, don't oh, you? Oh, well, yeah, I'd, we'd, 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 we'd do. We're very, very lucky, um, uh, very lucky in this part of the world. And, and, and as Dave says, there's a lovely recipe that we do. We do um, saffron linguine, and you just poach the lobster. Now, just bear with me. You poach the lobster very, very, very gently, the lobster tail particularly, with... Um, uh, in 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 butter, the butter just comes to the boil. You take it off the heat, and then you drop the lobster, and it remains really soft and unctuous. You don't serve it with the butter. You just take it out. You pat it dry, and you put that on top of your saffron linguine. And then, as Dave was saying, with the stock, you just nap the stock over it from some of the head meat as well, and you toss that through with some fresh herbs, and that's it. And that beautiful sauce over the top, and it, and it's just. It's That's really amazing. indulgent and lovely. It's so yeah. simple to do as well. It's really I think one of the nicest things I ever did in France was I went to the market and I bought three. I had about 12 people for lunch and I bought three big lobsters. They, they Fabulous. Were, they were big. It was expensive, but I was feeding 12 people. And basically, I just blanched them, took the meat out and just made a lobster salad. Mm -hmm. Wow. Beautiful, um, and it was just gorgeous, you know, with all, all the, the 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 dressings and a big crystal platter. Well, there was enough lobster for twelve people off these three lobsters, but it was the shells from these three ginormous lobsters that went down. And I made the next day because the same so I, oh, a big sea bass for twelve people. I made a lovely seafood sauce to nap that sea bass with, and also I did some risotto using that shellfish sauce from the lobsters. But yeah. but there's something about just the lobster meat with some citrus and a salad that on a summer's day was, was just heaven. It was indulgent, but as I said, it was, it, you know, it, it was, it fed 12 people. So mm. actually per capita, it, I, I always say it was less than takeaway money. So, <laughs> you know, that, that's always the benchmark, isn't it? If you're spending yeah. money on ingredients, if it's less than a takeaway, well, you, you know, you, you can eat quite well, really. <laughs> I tell you, we had a, a sorry, this is a moving crustacean to a crab. I got done in Asia. Um, totally. We went to a restaurant. I'd only been out there about six months. My family came out to visit and um, I took my mother's partner uh, out for dinner. And obviously in Singapore, it's quite, quite famous for their crab and mm. the bibon and your finger bowls. And it wasn't cheap and they produced it. And my um, yeah, my mum's partner, he was eating away and loving it, but we couldn't find the meat. There was no meat and it was very odd. So I was, I was thinking maybe that's a delicacy. It's the shell and we were cracking it open. We couldn't find anything. Because they sort of set it up as a crab again, they've broken it apart. And I went up at the end and I went, just out of interest, um, there wasn't much meat for the amount that we were paying. And they went, oh, it was a female crab. And the female mm. crabs don't have meat, they just have the shell. And I was like, 
Uh, uh, well, really? that's, that's complete and utter nonsense. Bollocks, isn't it? It is complete bollocks. Dave and I, it was hilarious. We were in Hong Kong. Hong Kong, I know you And what happened was we were going, I was like, oh, great, let's have a crab, dude. He was like, yeah, yeah, grand. Go, oh, no, the waiter bought this crab that was yeah. the size of a West Highland Terrier. Yeah. You yeah. know, it was, <laughs> you, you weigh it up, you know, it was heavy. And uh, part of me thinks, because... You know, I, I, yeah, I, I love crab meat, but I'm not keen on the work. But I knew that I was in for like an hour of watching Kingy with like, I, 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 yeah, I get, I get good bits and have a good feed, you know. But Kingy would be there sucking and crunching and that. And I thought, oh, that's it. That's the day knackered. Never mind. <laughs> so anyway, he says, I'll have it. And it was extortionately expensive, this crab. That was ridiculous. But what happened, Simon, when so it turned up? He had the audacity, right? The guy at the table, he kind of took a pen out and he marked the top of the shell with it, right? Yeah. So he knew. So we, and me and Tim going, oh, this is going to be good. He came back. And I was like, what, is this shrunk in the wash? Had the same had the same cross on it. <laughs> this thieving git. And uh, had the same cross on it. And, and like, <laughs> and I went to Dave. And Dave looked at me and goes, Kingy, that's not definitely not the same no, crab. No. So I went, oh, and, uh, and he was like, no, no, it's the same crab. It's the same crab. I goes, dude, it. Anyway, it was that, yeah. That we got really, nowhere, did we? Absolutely nowhere. Absolutely stonewalled with this thing. It was nuts. We argued it and argued it and argued it, going, we're not stupid people. That's surely not right. But no, the bill was paid and we had to walk away. It's outrageous they do that to us. They see tourism, maybe. We're well, they see, guys. yeah. No, well, they definitely see where the source coming, didn't they? Yeah, I always, I always remember as well. I remember in Chennai as well. And I, I kind of thought, <laughs> we were in this restaurant. Yeah. This is what Kingy, we, we, we do share a lot of food, you know. We share the love. Yeah. And... Um, I think we'd had lobster on the menu in this hotel, which in Chennai, you know, I thought, mm. oh, okay. Well, it was a nice hotel, though, to be fair. Average. Yeah, we weren't sitting at the nice hotel. It was the BBC, let's face it. Oh, yeah, that's We were true, going yeah. to go to the nice hotel under our own steam to eat, except yes. you got sick, so we couldn't go, but that's another no, story. Yeah, that is another story. But anyway, too. we came, and I said, no, I'll just have the king prawn curry, please. That's fine. And, uh, and I said, I'm going to share, Kingy. And he went, oh. Anyway, of course, what happened was his lobster came and this thing was like, you know, it had been around the block a few times. And he turns to me and he goes, half is Dave. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh. you know, you've got to like assess the situation as it, as it unfolds, you know. This is the whole thing. Dump your friend in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dave, give us a bit of yours. This is crap. Oh, yeah, but the lobsters, it, it, it's really versatile. Um, I still prefer crab, though, myself. Yeah, it's tasty. There's a champagne effect with lobster, though, isn't there? Mm. It makes you feel good about yourself, and it, it, it's a real treat. Yeah, so we've got loads of recipes on the on the on on Harry Baker's everything uh, for lobster. We've also a, a look, dude. Use your imagination. We've given you loads there. It's great. Yeah, or even just with a bit of mayonnaise, fresh baguette salad, a lobster sarni. Food makes everything better. Our next problem is called what to do with the falsies. And this comes from Fiona, who says, Good afternoon, one and all. The reason for my request for advice is that my other half of too many years has a couple of false teeth. This is something that I accept happens and isn't the issue. The issue is he takes them out to eat and just leaves them sitting there on the coffee table, <laughs> on the grandchildren's toy box, anywhere, really. Now, we also have the dumbest chocolate Labrador known to mankind, bless him. Oh, no! And 
And being a chocolate Labrador, he will eat anything and everything. And on more than one occasion, I've had to remove said dentures from the dog's mouth, and it's beginning to get boring. Here's where I need your advice. Do I continue to retrieve the choppers or just let the dog chew them in peace, resting on his favourite duvet in his basket? I'm truly torn as to what to do. Do I let him keep his teeth or teach him a lesson about looking after his own things? I'm willing to buy some Zaflora you recommended. Oh, yeah, nice one. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Zaflora. Yeah. Uh, for when he eventually finds his teeth again. Please, what should I do? Many thanks. Love and hugs. Fiona, over to you. I'll I, I tell you what I would do. Right, I'd get a big box, right, right. I'd put his teeth in it, and on the top of the box, I'd go wanker right across the top. Solves it, side, doesn't it? That's the one. It's That's it. That's it, isn't it? Just wanker. You know what happens when you leave them there? Just pick, just, and just put them in there, and that's it. And then you go, why is there a box with wanker on it? And yeah, and then you can go, well, because you're an idiot. And the reason that you're an idiot is because the dog, no, I've got a better thing. Let the dog chew it and then get him to recover from the dog mess his own teeth. Oh. What, what, what that confuses me is, why is he taking his teeth out to eat? That's what I was going to say. No one does that. Nobody does oh. that. Who well, does that? Yeah. But you know, the, the thing is, you think for his own sanity. One, you, you know, I'm fortunate enough not to have any false teeth, but presumably you depend on them to make eating easier so they're quite precious and also from what i gather they're not cheap no i can't wait for false teeth i want them really bad what i can't wait <laughs> you can't what no, for it's such a hassle the teeth the dentist the teeth, dentist is bloody expensive i'd rather just pay one off fee get a decent set of gnashes Put them in. You look good forever. They're not going to hurt you. There's no nerve damage. I think it's a dream. Can't wait. Not oh, no. I remember my mum, mum and dad, they had matching like rubber beakers by the bed. Yeah. And every night they'd take the teeth out and the heads would collapse. <laughs> oh, oh. No. No. Oh, and no. I see the dog smile every time the dog eats it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Well, it's maybe. The Colgate smile. Yeah. <laughs> hey, dude, maybe that's why he takes... Because they're expensive. Uh, this way, I might be getting to the bottom of this now. Because these champers are expensive, that's maybe why he takes them out when he eats. Doesn't want to wear them out. Doesn't oh. want to wear them out. Or alternatively, the said lady could just feed him, <laughs> feed him soft things so he never has to take his teeth out ever again. So he's basically just on a pureed diet. And then, and then with the wanker box... You could have that, and it's a double whammy, you see. Because I think, people, people... I think people take them out to clean them, don't they, after they've eaten, if they've got bits stuck in. I remember a friend of mine came over to stay with us in France, and it was the uh, fete, you know, like the big f festival. And Friday, uh, Saturday night was always sausage and chips night, so there's a tent in the town square, and um, we're sitting around there, and the polystyrene tray comes down with sausage and chips. And ironically, it was just before my friend's daughter's wedding the week before, He'd, you know, it's a partial denture. And what he'd done is he took his gnashes out and just put them on the tray. And then the poor waitress had come and cleaned everything up oh. and chucked his chompers. But he was gutted because he couldn't smile at his daughter's wedding photos. No way. Hey, do you know this? You know why they have, uh, they have a dentist on board these super, super thingy liners? You know, there's, there's yeah. this where you go on cruises. Because what happens is m men and women of a certain age throw up over the side. 
yeah. after having too much to drink, lose that champers, oh. and then and then have to go to the onboard dentist to say, <laughs> my face is collapsed. Can you give it any? Can you give it any cheap? Because I've got to go to the formal dinner in be people, and I haven't got any champers. And can you imagine that? Well, they could always use polygrip extra strength. Exactly, Dave. Exactly. We could do that. You know, as a makeup artist, I used to have to carry that with me in my makeup kit discreetly. Because if you've got an actor and you can see on the camera if his teeth are starting to slip, you take them quietly to a corner and, and um, I've got some gear, you know, for you. And then you can tap them back. You've got to be discreet about it, you know. Um, How do you do it, Dave? How do you put. Because I was thinking, I watched Bohemian Rhapsody the other day. Uh, again, and obviously, um, well, um, Freddie's uh, teeth. And they obviously put Freddie's teeth in, and that's a huge set of that. They're all over dentures. So they're, they go they're, over the top, like a yeah. puppet. Yeah, there's, there's several speciality dentists who work in the film industry, and um, you basically go and take a cast of the mouth, and it's yeah. like an overdenture that's very thin and very perfect that fits over the real teeth. Wow. Um, I, I've had I've quite a few made actually. Sometimes it, it's great though if you do have an actor who's got no teeth. But she just paid to have a special set of brand new dentures made. But, you know, the thing is, you know, the first thing the actor's going, oh, great, I've got free teeth. But, yeah, but you're playing Mussolini, you know. So you, <laughs> you start a good street look, do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but, yeah, I used, I used to have some, actually, and used to keep them afterwards. And, you know, they're, they're made to fit somebody else, but you used to have quite a laugh with them, really. I remember uh, coming up to your place and hunting us, trying, you know, the people's teeth in and trying to speak. Was no! funny. Well, you got a bit pished. It was horrendous. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't we? We have, um, didn't we have that mad sword fight in the street? Yeah, we did. <laughs> we had that with somebody else's teeth in. I thought we did because we were having yeah. a, I was canny wreck then. I yeah, guess. we were. We were. But yeah, we were young good. and stupid. Yeah, we were. But yeah. we still got our own teeth. But the moral of this tale is leaving your teeth around is both expensive, unnecessary, and, you know, you could end up just eating soup till you get your new ones. It's daft. You do get denture pots, actually, which, is, again, as a makeup artist, one I had to carry. Yeah, I mean, as you said about your, your parents, the beakers, I can remember my grandparents had you know, cups left around. You know, we had the certain treatment inside it, which fizz away. You could, I could even see the... Sterident. Sterident, yeah. 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 Oh, do you know what we did once at uni? Because the first hall of residence was in, it was like shared bathroom, and the baths were in cubicles. <laughs> anyway, there was this lad who was, he was lying there, you know, in his bath. He was taking too long. So we threw a whole tube of sterident in the bath and said, that was that for a jacuzzi. <laughs> Clean as anything. But do you know what? Have you noticed, King, there's, like, when, when we do the shoots for our cookbooks, you know, oh, yes. um, we have to have manicures because there's all those shots of your hands, yeah. you know, yeah. making pastry. And what they do is they soak your fingers in sterident. Is that what it is? Yeah, and the sterident makes your, your fingernails all super clean. Wow. Top tip, girls. Oh, I love <laughs> it. See, I thought it was bleach. No, mate, it's sterident. Huh. Bleach. Effectively bleach, though, isn't it? <laughs> hey, you know. Well, I don't know. You put it in your mouth, so it can't be that harmful. Bit of Domestus. Bit of oh, sterident. Wow. Yeah, well, good. Yeah, uh, yeah. Top tips, you see, you top. learn it all on agony uncles. Hey, what's not to love? Oh, all yeah. the useless shit you never wanted to know, but now do. <laughs> They won't be calling you Nicotine Nelly anymore. No, that'll be it. That'll be it. Right. Nicotine Nelly. I want to channel the new fashions having false teeth young. I want, to, I want them in now. No, no hey, they used to do that. No. They used to do that. Yeah, my mum had her teeth out when she was 25. Mm. She had buck teeth, my mother, yeah. So she thought, she thought she'd have false ones that were nicer. 
But no, it's hideous. Oh, oh no, 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 I'm so I want to kiss a woman that's teeth move. Why? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Or a man, come to that. Unless you're both in it together. Enough, Kingy, I know what's which way. Yeah, yeah, going. sorry, I was just... <laughs> <laughs> I was just working that. You know me so well. I was kind of yes. thinking, oh, hold on. Man, let's, man. let's stop at level seven. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it might be bitten off. Let's just leave it at that. Next. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, if you're down, hey, if you're down, now don't get drunk. Don't get drunk. Just send an email, send an email to the agony uncles. Our next tale of woe is called The Same Old Story. And for this, uh, I require a lady's name. So, Tash, would you be kind enough to give us a lady's name? Why does this always feel so pressured when there are millions of female names out there? There's quite I a lot. Patricia. Patricia writes and says, Hello, Uncle Si, Uncle Dave and Posh Tash. Do you know, listening to you guys is like going home for a chat with your family when you're struggling a bit and need a little direction with life's challenges from people who genuinely love and care you about you. Aww. Therefore... I'm biting the bullet, as they say, and I'm being brave by putting pen to paper, or rather fingers to keyboard. I am Patricia. I'm 55, a mother of three and grown children. I'm single and find myself, well, a bit lost and empty right now. You see, my father died when I was 14, so I grew up feeling I needed to look after my mum and be there for her. She was a great mum, but also a bit manipulative and made me believe that I needed to think of others over myself and please them instead of me. So I took this quite literally, and I've ended up spending my life looking after, caring for, and trying to fix other people and their issues for them without ever really loving myself. At 21, I met a man who was twice my age. His marriage had ended, and I felt he needed looking after. We married and ended up having three children, but he was repeatedly unfaithful, manipulative, abusive, always blaming me for any problems and making me feel like all our issues were my fault. Through counselling, I learned to understand that I was in an abusive relationship, and after 24 years, I sought the courage to leave. And after some time, my children convinced me to try online dating, and I eventually met someone who seemed just my type. The relationship started well with motorbike rides around Cornwall, but again, over time, it went the same way as before. He would leave me after the simplest disagreement, making me believe it was my fault, and over time took nearly £170,000 from me, abusing oh. my good nature. My counselling has helped me to understand how these relationship issues happen, but my biggest question is, how do I find a partner who I can trust? I'm beginning to give up hope now, and I accept that at 55 I might just have to go it alone. I long to find someone who lives from the heart, someone to whom family matters, who I can share the ebb and flow of life with and who'll dance around the kitchen with me. So, firstly, I ask you, does such a man exist, and how do I find him? And more importantly, how do I keep my heart safe this time and ensure that whoever I offer my love and soul to will treasure it and treat it as something precious and there to be cherished? And that comes from Patricia. Oh, Patricia, the heart does feel for you. First thing is, you just got to keep getting back in the game. And um, I suppose the thing is, if a fish smells off, then it's generally off. So basically, if, you, if, if, if the first whiff of somebody being abusive, manipulative, or not being what you want, walk on to the next one. 
you know, because 55 is no age, it's nothing, you know. I, I, I would say, you know, like, Kiki's 10 years younger than me, but my, my 50s were, were the best years of my life, and to be fair, my 60s, you know, till I got ill at the minute, were, were shaping up to be my best decade ever. You know, so much to look forward to, Patricia, and you, you must do that, you must embrace it. Um, but again, if a fish smells off, it's generally off. I wonder whether she, um, maybe she gives over too much of herself too quickly. You know, she's so grateful for the relationship that she, I'm not blaming it on Patricia in the slightest, that's not what I'm going for, that, that she's so willing to please the other person that they take advantage and abuse, be it financially, you know, mentally, whatever. And I think that's a bit of a shame. So maybe she needs to spend more time on her own and love, as she said earlier, she wants to love herself. She needs to learn to love herself more and have a bit more, you know, strength and dignity to be stronger when a man starts to do that to her. I think it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because I, I I think that I, I know certainly there were there is some echoes of truth uh, with my life too, with and 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 Patricia's. And I think that somebody once said to me, "You can't love anybody else if you don't love yourself," and that is that is true. That is true. You can try, but you end up just getting it wrong a bit. I think. And um and I think particularly with with you know Patricia sounds like a very emotionally mature human being and and knows and is starting to get to know herself because you know when you've when you've spent your life you know trying to fix everybody else and mm -hmm. you forget about yourself and then you have this kind of uh, epiphany of going flipping Nora I don't even know who I am anymore like I don't know what to do. I don't know. I don't have the tools or anything to kind of have those meaningful relationships, and and it's and it's hard. But I think, as Dave says, you know, you just got to keep going and keep yeah. doing it, and just keep trying to find. And like, like you know, it's very, it's very true that if you think that there's something not right, it normally is the case that there isn't. That it's not right, and and you know, people. People like us, Patricia. We 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 tend to attract narcissists <laughs> because we're kind of because as as you were saying, Tash, what what happens is that you 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 do become very emotionally involved quite quickly because you think, oh great, I can just settle down, you know, I can do all of that, and it's and it's fine, and then you just get caught out with it because you know um, you wear your heart and your soul on your sleeve, and then it's easy to see. And for certain characters and personality types, that's easy to manipulate. So it, it is a, it is a very, it's a fine line, isn't it? And it's also a painful line to walk, but yeah. you've got to keep walking it because life mm. is for living. It's not for sitting there wondering what if. Yeah. yeah. And I think as well as with, did you say Patricia had three children as well? Yeah. That's a hell of an achievement to bring three kids up. It's a lot of giving, a lot of time emotionally, a lot of love. It's a huge achievement and it's a huge, it's a huge thing to be able to look back and say what you have done so far in the past. But even to use that as, as a foundation for building the future 30, 40 years, it's, it's a really, that's a really strong foundation, you know? Absolutely, I agree. I also, I think that it's a little bit like a bully system, isn't it? I, I had a massive uh, issue when my kids were a bit younger. My, they were, we talk about bullying at school, how do you stand up to a bully? And my husband's instinct was to go punch them back. If they punch you, you punch them back and they won't do it again. You stand up to a bully. I went, you don't do that. You don't hit anybody. You walk away, etc. And uh, people have varying views on what that means. But 
I do wonder whether poor Patricia has literally been bullied left, right and centre, mentally and physically, and, and now has, has never quite stood up and, and done it back. She's always just been a giver or, a, you know, just, oh, mm. it doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. It's OK. You know, don't, yes, you can have some money or yes, it's OK. Don't worry. I won't eat this evening. You eat. All those little things over time build up. And maybe she does need to stand up and go, you know what? I'm sorry, I can't lend you 10 grand or sorry. No, I, I'm not going to pick you up tomorrow. I, she and needs I to stand up to them, I think. And I think that's the hardest thing. The hardest word for a character and personality type like Patricia sounds like she is, is to say no. Saying no is not just in isolation. You actually have to back that up with 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 uh, thought and deed. Yeah. And and that's that's that that's tough when you haven't been used to doing that. I can appreciate that. I do. Mm. I, I, it's really it's really tough. It's really tough. I also want to say to her, I just don't think they're all bad out there. She's clearly got two bad eggs. But they're yeah. not all like that. You know, there's a good guy out there for her that will love her and not abuse her in any way. And I think that's, she needs to hold out and find that one. No, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. There's somebody for everybody. There is somebody for everybody. And, you know, and there's nothing wrong with finding that person later on in life. Sometimes it takes time. Hmm. Um, but she's got a lot I of think, time you know, she might She might have a relationship again because she's only known one type of relationship. So hmm. the next relationship, she almost may subconsciously recreate it. But she needs mm. to be really strong in her next relationship and not recreate that scenario again where she allows herself to be in that position. But that takes guts. And also, you know, a little tool, and I'm sure if Patricia's been going to counselling or therapy or whatever, which she clearly has indicated, and also she's clearly indicated that her, that her, that her kids are pretty supportive by going, no, damn, ma'am, go out and get a, you know, mm. go date and go, you know, all of that. A little tool and a little trick that somebody taught me was to go, if, you, if you're attracted to somebody... Ask yourself why. And if you cannot really come up with a clear answer, then move on and, and try and find and just look at somebody that you're maybe not that attractive, that's not your type. Try somebody that's not your type and you never know. You just never know that you might just hit on a corker. Yeah, you know? that's mm. like going shopping and getting someone else to buy your clothes for you. Because you wouldn't pick up half the things, but you may pick that up and go try it on and you look great. Actually, somebody's saying, try this guy, just because he doesn't what? want you to, that's a great idea. I had the same dilemma between a party ring and a Garibaldi. I didn't know which one to get. So, and I normally don't go for party rings. I go for Garibaldi's, but I thought I'm going to go for a party ring. And you know what? I enjoyed a party ring. I haven't had one for about 30 years and I thought I'm having it. So I did. What's a party ring? It's one of those like really boring biscuits with like, like multicolored stuff on the top. You know, like icing, icing, you know. Well, exactly. You see, exactly, dude. Exactly. That's what I thought. But I thought, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy that party ring and enjoy it. Did you actually buy a packet? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. I'm coming. Do you know why? Do you know why? This is really bad. You know why? My my son was thirty not so long ago, and he and he loves a party tea, and uh, oh. and Janie, my ex-wife, bought party rings, and I couldn't resist. <laughs> <laughs> and Ada, my granddaughter, was nanging on this party ring and she went, Granda, and it gave us a bit of this party ring and I got a proper, like, I've not had one of those for 30 years, so I went out and bought a packet. <laughs> oh, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what I did, because at, at the minute, you know, like, we spent all these years, I'm sorry, Patricia, we're digressing. Yeah, sorry. But um, it's about doing, so we're all this thing with diet for years, haven't we? And I've yeah. watched myself and I've, uh, you know, as you have, Si. And of course, now I've got to get my calories in. And I've rediscovered Magnums. Blow <laughs> <laughs> <Put> me neck! <laughs> you know, to have a doctor say, oh, I have two. Oh, oh. 
<laughs> Whoa! You love them. <laughs> I don't know what I've been missing. <laughs> oh, always have magnums in our cupboard or a freezer, not the cupboard. Obviously, they'll be a bit melty. Yeah, but mine are on prescription. Yes. Oh, well, not really. They are in my head. <laughs> Do you know, Do you know what, what David loves? I went once to a Magnum pop-up shop, and you walked in. You pick up the, the the ice cream you want. Is it chocolate? Is it swirly? He's got caramel, and is it vanilla? And then you go down the line. They'll dip it in the right coloured chocolate, and they'll put the whatever sprinkles you want on top. Then they wrap it in the gold wrapper, and you walk out with your bespoke Magnum. Oh, divine, divine. Yes. Wow. Yes. Wow. On that, so Patricia, the moral of this tale is: if the bloke's a bit of an ass, dump him and go and have a Magnum, and you feel great. <laughs> If you got problems, you'll be fine. Just drop the agony uncles a line. Okay, it's time to head down to Confidential Corner. And for this, it's called A Date with the Sticky Twins. Uh, we need one female and one male name, please. So, Uncle Dave, a female name. Uncle Si, male name, please. Brenda. Brenda. Matt. Brenda and Matt. Well, this comes from <coughs> Matt, <clears throat> who says, Dear Uncle Si and Uncle Dave, I'd like you please to take this seriously, Matt has written in. Oh. I'd like your advice on how I might be able to change a really annoying habit that my new girlfriend, Brenda, has. She has baby names for all of our private parts, and it's freaking me out. Oh no. My gentleman vegetables are known as Mr. Boing and the Sticky Twins. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to be kidding us, Matt, man. How can we take it right? Sorry. Okay, go on. She refers to her own downstairs area as Mrs. Tingle Foo Foo. Oh now, when she... <laughs> now, when she... For those of you who aren't watching YouTube, Tash is actually leaving the building. Now, when she, when she looks at me and asks, would Mr. Boing like some snuggle time with Mrs. Tingle Foo Foo, I have to say I find it quite a turn-off. I have spoken with her about this, but all she says is it's a bit of fun and I shouldn't be so weird about it. I've never been in a relationship where our private parts all have names. Um, am I being weird? Love, Matt. Over to you. I used to have a girlfriend once and she used to refer to my old chap as Pie Wacket. <laughs> I don't know where it came from. <laughs> but you know, Pie Wacket. <laughs> pie Wacket? Shut up, my missus isn't listening. <laughs> Shit, dude. Who yeah. calls the Willy Pie Wacket? She used to call it Pie what? Wacket. But all, all these baby names that people have for each other, you know. Hello, rabbit. Oh, no, get over you. No. Do you know what I hate? You know, like, when grown people still call their, their mum and dad, mummy and daddy. That's me. Oh, see? Why? <laughs> what? What's that about? She's always been mummy. She's always been mummy. Oh, oh God. I can see that. That's, no, that's respect. No, that, no, no. It's good. No. Like daddy. It's she doesn't like mum. So I've never been able to buy a mother's cake card with mum on it. It's always mummy. It's weird, man. But is, uh, is, it, is it funny though? Like the names are always kind of like cutesy and infantile. But you want you want you know you want somebody to call your your your, your, your old fella Thor or something like you know or the Mighty Hammer, you know MC, you know. Or, or, Wait, so like when I was little, I used to have me me old me Willie was me little man. Right, but right. that's what that's what. But like, I stopped doing that as soon as I was calling it that. Like, it it ate, you know. And then you did still do call you little man. Wait, on occasion, yeah. Yeah, you have oh, to yeah. me. You said you're. I've just gone. Uh, I'm just going man, Dave. Yeah, yes, I've said several times. Yes, you know. So well, yeah, you know, every now and then. But um, mm. and then and then you know when I when I used to have to change my nieces nappies and stuff, I used to call their little fairy Marys 
tuppences, you know. Now you'll just keep, you know, just keep your hand on your tuppence a minute and hold that there, and I'll, 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 I'll try, you know. Anyway, so you know, you you change the nappy. So they were all like your little man and your tuppence, but you know, you get to a point in intimacy where you didn't want to be calling it that, do you? I mean, it's oh. weird. Do you remember that posh lady that we know, we both know, we used to work with? Oh yeah. She got a dog. And I said, oh, no, my dog, it's called Tuppence. And, of course, we just burst out laughing. I'm laughing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's about something else we're aware from. So the problem I had was I, we called for my little girl when she was growing up. We seemingly, we called her private parts Nunu. And yeah, just, that's, that's what it was, nice. the normal one. But then I made friends with somebody through school, and she introduced me to her husband. And they're actually very close friends now, but this was years ago. And she went, oh, this is my husband, Nuno. But I didn't hear Nuno, I heard Nunu. And I couldn't I couldn't do both conversations. I couldn't look at him straight. And every time I wrote a card, a Christmas card, and anything, like it's like your, your fingers won't go into the right letters. I just wrote Nunu every single time. And it was mortifying. I'm not sure she knew that, but I called it. But I it ruined it. The very, very lovely big Portuguese guy called Nuno, but he was Nunu to me. <laughs> it is it's like the couples that talk in baby talk to each other. It makes me want to chuck. You know, oh god, that's it. Look, I, I think there's a couple you have. Oh yeah, it does me jump in that. Yeah. You know, in intimacy, you have your own private language as a couple, don't you? You mean it's like you know, and you have that. You do have that because it's not that connection that sometimes you let your kids into, and sometimes you're not. You know, and then the kids go, "Oh, stop! It's going to make me throw up." Yeah. You know, and all of that. You just do it to irritate them. But all of that, man, is a bit weird. At the weekend, Kingy, they replayed our Tokyo episode of the Asian Adventure. Oh, yeah. And it was a bit like that. We went to the maid's cafe, do you remember? <laughs> Where the, the waitresses dress up as, like, um, young girls. Yeah. And they go this, meow, meow. It's all this Hello Kitty thing, you know. And um, But it's like businessmen are coming for a burger. But the burger's shaped like a teddy with lace. And, and like, these, these ladies sit and going... And it was, I, I, I was watching it. It was hilarious because you were going, I was winding you up because obviously we we were there to film it and it was quite extraordinary. So what I was doing is I was impersonating the girls to wind you up, which I thought was quite acceptable. Yes. And of course, watching you, yo, you I thought you were going to thump me. <laughs> it was just, it was sinister. Sinister, man. But Kingy, Kingy, what, what was worse was, I went, I went back to Tokyo after we finished filming and Lil joined me out there. And obviously, you know, bits where you film, you know, you knew where they were. So I took Lil for a cup of tea. I said, this place is proper weird. But what they did, they didn't have it for the camera. But once the filming had gone, they had like a VIP table right. but where businessmen could come and sit and just kind of observe all this oh, crap going on. And, you know, and, and the girls would talk to me in baby talk and stuff. Oh. Really very sinister. Yeah, I just, um, yeah. But it was funny watching you on national telly this weekend. Like, we did the sumo <laughs> thing again, which was quite manly. Sorry. But then watching you with a pair of kitten ears, looking at a teddy bear-shaped <laughs> katsu curry. Hilarious. <laughs> you know, but they, when you name your parts like they have, Mr. Boeing and Mrs. Fluffy, whatever you want to it. Like all your pie whacker. That, 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 this pie whacker, it, it would imply that it's got some action. It's going to do something. It's going like to like a cricket it. bat. Yeah, yes. it's got some action. But I mean, you know, always Mr. Boeing. That I can't bear it. But you see, it's like there are two other people in the relationship. Actually, it? can we? Can I, actually? It is actually starting to make me feel slightly <laughs> nauseous. I'm just. I'm. Re, I do. I mean, I mean it. It's like Mr. I mean, I can get away with Mr. Pie Whacker and your little man and your tuppence, but Mr. Boy. <laughs> 
Nah. <laughs> nah. Too much. Dude, listen, uh, honestly, uh, listen, if you're after advice, either she stops calling it and it's not you that's being weird, but, uh, yeah, I'd get on your bike, man, and get out of there. It's weird, man. <laughs> Jeff, yeah, Mr. Boyne needs to leave the relationship. I think you'd say, can we, can we let this boy go now, please? And I'll just have my standard back. Yeah, and just get, you know, a man up and just go, listen, I, I, I find it properly weird. And I know that you may think that I'm weird, but this isn't working for me <laughs> at all. Because Mr. Boyne is far away from being boingy every time you call it <laughs> yeah. Mr. Boyne. Well... <laughs> That's his name enough. by default. You know, yes. yeah. We'll change his name, Mr. Boeing. It's now going to be... Pie Wacket. <laughs> <laughs> now, come here. Come here. Uh, if, if your, your life's, life's in a mess, mess then the email address is theagonyuncles at thehairybikes.co.uk. Yeah. Well, as always, thank you all so much for contacting the show and sending us your weird, wonderful, colourful and often completely bonkers problems. Now, we do have a bulging post bag. That's not a euphemism. And that's not, that's, that's Mr. Piewacker talking right there. <laughs> <laughs> but there's always room for more. So send your trials and tribulations in to agonyuncles at thehairybikers.co.uk. That's agonyuncles at thehairybikers.co.uk. Now, look, guys, you can always help us out by following the podcast and uh, and you can also rate and review it. So please, please do, because otherwise we will continue to remain as poor as church mice. Um, that means uh, we get to speak to more people and spread the love even further. So give us a hand and, let, and do that for us, would you? So, from Posh Tash. Bye-bye. The Thin White Duke. Goodbye. My lovely chum. Bye, bro. And myself. Lots of love to everybody and have a good week. Lots of love. See you soon. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.